Big news on the pet front this week in Strato. Yes, it's all happening, isn't it? It's all happening, and we've got uh, Bill to Rent to talk about, Mm. and you've been chatting to Building Commissioner David Chandler. Yes, that's right. Is he making a difference? Let's find out later on. I'm Jimmy Thompson. I write the Flat Chat column for the Australian Financial Review. And I'm Sue Williams, and I write about property for Domain with the Sydney Morning Herald and Melbourne Age. And this is the Flat Chat Wrap. Well, let's get straight into it. The New South Wales Lower House, which is actually the most important bit, of Parliament last week debated an amendment to their sustainability strata bill. And that was the one that there was an amendment put on by the Animal Justice Party, wasn't it? Yes. Pets. Mm. So this was a, originally a bill that was all about fixing up loose ends, things like um, making anything that's sustainable in terms of renovations was going to be considered a minor renovation, so it wouldn't need bylaws and things like that. And there were things like um, closing the loophole that meant, believe it or not, people could apply to have the votes in a secret ballot revealed to them. Oh. You didn't know that, did no, you? No, I didn't, <laughs> no. no. So um, there were lots of little things like that. It was a tidy up bill. And then, mm. and this was last year, the Animal Justice Party um, put in an amendment saying that uh, oh. the only reason you could prevent pets being allowed in building was... In a, in a strata building was if it would be detrimental to the pet. Right. And that kind of created even more uncertainty and confusion over pets in apartments, didn't it, really? It did. And then subsequently, the Court of Appeal ruled that any bylaw that just said you can't have pets and that's the end of the story was unfair and unconscionable and discriminatory. And so... Certainly in a couple of cases, their bylaws were quickly overturned and amended or whatever. The people think the law has changed. It hasn't. But it does mean that people who live in buildings with bylaws that ban all pets actually now have to go to NCAT to to apply to to keep a pet, where presumably their bylaw will be overturned. But that's kind of a lengthy and expensive process in many cases. And so a lot of strata schemes have been hanging on to that and saying, well, the, the law hasn't changed. It's just the interpretation of the law that's changed, and we are still banning pets. Right. So the pet owners have to go through that process. Okay, so if this amendment gets through, and I think it's going this week to Senate, isn't it? Yep. What will that mean? Okay, basically what it says is you cannot unreasonably refuse a pet in a strata building. Right. But you can refuse pets if you have good reason. And what's the definition of a good reason? They're going to spend the next six months trying to define <laughs> that. So, I mean, really, part of the amendment says that subject to a report by parliamentary committees on what is considered to be reasonable or unreasonable, mm-hmm. then this act will go ahead. Uh, and it looks this- like it's got kind of bipartisan support, doesn't it, already? Cross-party support. Cross, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, kind of bipartisan and all the others. <laughs> but it was uh, Alex Greenwich, the Sydney MP, who uh, 
he kind of acted as a mediator between what you could reasonably say was the two extremes, you know, the people who didn't want pets at all and the people who wanted to make pets compulsory. And I think the negotiations, although when you read Hansard, it's all very friendly and and everybody's congratulatory and saying it's going to be a great thing. I believe the negotiations were quite tense at times. Mm. And I think the Animal Justice Party are a little bit sad that their their whole amendment hasn't gone through kind of unadulterated, really, because it was much more a wholesale saying, yes, you can have pets wherever. Yeah. And they're kind of a little bit disappointed that it's been tempered. But now it stands a much, well, it stands a very good well, it had no of chance passed. of getting through yeah, before. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it it was surprised that it went through the upper house, mm. the amendment. Mm. And um, the new one, they, they seem to be heading towards a situation where, where they're saying, look, an, a, an apartment block can say, we have people in this building who are allergic mm. to animal dander or whatever. So we want to either ban pets or we want to restrict the movement of pets through common property, which they can do now anyway. But they might even say, and I think the most likely thing is that they will say, you can't ha- have a pet on the same floor as someone who suffers from allergies. Mm. Well, that's kind of interesting. And you can't take your pet into the lift when somebody says, I'd rather you didn't bring the animal in while I'm in the lift. And how about strata democracy when, say, you've got a smaller block and maybe 100% of those owners say that they don't want pets? Right. Well... Will they take that into consideration as well? I think that would be considered reasonable. Mm. If everybody in the building doesn't want pets, mm. then is it reasonable to have one person from outside buy into the building and say, by the way, I want to have pets. And everybody's going, well, we bought in here because. Mm. So these are the, it's going to be quite tricky. Yeah. But the one thing that we should make very clear, despite the amendment that went through last year, despite the ruling of the Court of Appeal, and despite this amendment, which is probably going to be approved uh, in the upper house this week at some point, The law has not changed, and the law will not change probably until later this year, Mm. around about September, October. When the changes are made, then they have to be enacted and all whatever the technical terms are. But also, at the same time, they're doing the New South Wales government's doing its strata review, isn't it? Yes. And looking again at the pets (laughs) situation. But presumably, they'll put that on hold to see what Parliament decides. One would assume. Well, what they've actually done is extended the time period for the review of submissions to take into account this proposed amendment. Oh, okay, so they are working together, really. Yeah, they're kind of in parallel. So there will be probably, there'll be two reports come out at some point this year. One will be on what is a reasonable reason for not having pets in the building, and the other one will be all the other stuff. Okay, so the eventual outcome seems to be that there will be a lot more strata apartments that will allow pets and that won't be allowed to ban pets. But there may be a few on certain grounds that will be allowed to ban pets. Yeah, I think think just saying the majority of people, certainly saying the majority of people in the past didn't want pets, so we're going to leave things the way they are, that's not going to fly. The old argument we don't want pets because we've never had pets, is not going to fly. However, we have taken a vote and the unanimous among owners that we don't want pets. I would imagine that would be considered reasonable. Sure. Yeah. 
absolutely reasonable. And in those cases, that those famous cases here in Sydney, where you know they went to NCAT, they went to the Court of Appeal, and all that, I would say in both those cases, those bylaws would have been overturned on a test of reasonableness. Sure. So they would they would be allowed animals. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yes. Okay. Great. All right. So if you're buying into Horizon or the Alarm, and you've got a pet, then you're probably going to be safe. Oh, they're swarming with animals now. Well, they are. <laughs> it's kind of hard to stem the tide. Uh, although I suspect a lot of those animals have been there a lot for a there. long yeah, sure. time, and they've just been kept under wraps. But now they're being registered, and people are signing off to the new bylaws that they've both enacted. I got yep. an, an email from a strata manager the other day with his ideas about restrictions on pets. I should actually post it on the website. Hmm. He said every pet should be registered with their DNA so that oh. when when you find <laughs> when you find poo on the in the foyer oh. you can send it off to be tested. Oh my god. I think we've lived in a pet friendly apartment building for 20 years. Yes. And uh, I don't think we've ever had an instance of a pet crapping no. in the lobby. We've had pets having little accidents with pee and stuff. Yeah. But, geez, I mean, the cleaners don't, you know, they're fine to clean it up or the concierge sometimes cleans it up. Or I've actually seen owners cleaning it up as well, which is the best possible yes. solution, really, if the owner's pet cleans it up. But, um, you know, I think it's a myth put out by um, anti-pet people that, yeah. you know, pets have absolutely no control over their, their facilities. And uh, that's quite wrong. Most dogs, well-trained dogs, mm. will not crap in lobbies of apartment buildings. And I think we have more incidents of humans peeing pee in, in, in fire doorways <laughs> well, yes, that's very true. than we yeah. do of dogs peeing in foyers. Sure. So, yeah, priorities, I'd say. Mm. Fix the humans. Mm. Absolutely. Dogs will take care of themselves. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to talk about um, a big boost for build to rent. That's after this. So what's new in build to rent, Jimmy? Well, everything's new in build to rent. It's a new <laughs> thing. <laughs> but there's a couple of things in the past week. Last week, the New South Wales Planning Department and the Finance Department or is it the Treasury? Anyway, they announced big changes to make it easier for developers to develop build-to-rent apartment blocks. One of the things is they're going to cut the land tax by half, and they're going to lift the extra payment for foreign investors no longer has to be uh, oh, okay. imposed. Basically, the government is embracing build-to-rent, and it sounds like, according to CBRE, the uh, the big marketing uh, arm, so are the public, mm. or, and certainly the, the developers are. According to them, the number of build-to-rent projects has increased 70% in the last year. Now, this is during a downturn in general building and there are 40 projects in the pipeline they, they wow. love to talk about the pipeline in cbre but there are 40 projects in the pipeline currently to build build to rent apartment blocks now is build to rent the same as affordable housing no not at all build to rent is often more expensive it offers a more expensive rental than regular rentals. The market price is a bit higher, and that's usually because they have a number of things. They have, 
usually better facilities than private rentals. They're purpose-built buildings and they often have, you know, a residence lobby, they have a gym, they might have a yoga room or they might have a pool, they might have workspaces, they might have all those facilities. But also the critical thing is they offer longer secure leases for renters, for tenants. So... um, People are often prepared to pay more for them because they're they're nice new apartments, hopefully, in nice new buildings. And uh, they can stay there for as long as they want to. They can just keep renewing their leases every time they come up. Do you think that's going to be the rule for everyone? Do you th- I mean, I can see the potential for some of our more notorious uh, big scheme developers to go, well, let's just build the same crappy buildings and and just sell, put them out to rent. Well, we've had we've had positions in the in the past where developers haven't been able to sell their apartments that they've built for sale, so they just turn them into service departments instead. Yeah. So maybe now they're serving, they're turning them into build to rent. Mm. But the dif- difference is now, and we'll be coming to this later, is we have a building commissioner yeah. <laughs> in yeah. there who's inspecting all these buildings and making sure that. Um, defects plague buildings aren't getting their occupation certificates Mm. we'll talk about that later Mm. so i i think for the first time australians are looking at uh, rentals as a viable way of housing Mm. and uh and a desirable Mm. form of housing as well i mean if, Mm. if we all rented we could spend our money on our businesses or on consumer goods or on Basically. thinking about overseas holidays later Thinking on. <laughs> about overseas holidays, meals. <laughs> yeah, well, and really yeah. boost the economy in that way. Okay, now to qualify uh, under the New South Wales tax break scheme, the building has to have at least 50 units and they've got to offer at least a genuine option of a three-year lease mm. to qualify. They can't be turned into strata within the first 15 years. Mm. And it's got to be owned and managed Mm. by one entity, except if they are offering low-cost housing, then that entity can be part of the management ownership team. Okay, and that's affordable housing. Affordable housing, yeah. yeah. And it's interesting because they're saying 50 units is a minimum. Yeah. So that means, you know, you kind of think, oh, maybe everybody will go to these new blocks and they will kind of turn their back on private rentals. But the thing is, when you when it's got to be a 50-unit block, it means that you can't have a big block built in, you know, a certain suburb where there is no space left. Right. So it might be built a little bit further out or in the fringe right. areas, but not kind of in the CBD or near the CBD because there maybe isn't that kind of space anymore yeah. for those blocks of 50 units so in some locations it possibly won't be an option yeah there'll still be just private rentals yeah but um presumably more and more locations will see build to rent as well i have a very optimistic view of private rentals i think once build to rent come on stream significantly and renters start making that decision of actually i don't want two levels of potential hassle. I don't want to have the hassle of the real estate agent or the landlord plus the hassle of the strata committee. I just want to have to deal with one entity and I want a two or three year lease. And so renters start moving into these build to rent buildings. I think what could happen and what should happen is that we'll see private investors get more active in the running of 
strata schemes. Because mm. a lot of them just go, oh, yeah, just as long as my rent keeps coming in and mm. the levies stay low, I don't really care. I don't want to hear about anything that goes on in the building. Mm. You know, and it's the old thing of I'll just do the electronic vote. I'll just vote for yes for everything. I think in the future, the structure is already there for owners to get together and say, well, we are all investors in this building. Are we getting the best return we could mm. the way the building is managed? Let's take a closer look at that. Mm. And I think that could actually change for the better yeah. the way rentals are run in existing strata buildings. Sure. And that's a, a bit of a macro solution. On a micro level, those owners might improve their own apartments because they're going to be in competition with mm. these new apartments yeah. in build-to-rent buildings. So we might see... Um, standards lift and they might start everywhere. offering long-term leases yeah yeah that would be good especially because the market rentals don't seem to be going up at all or no. rentals are falling if yeah, anything yeah. really so yeah. they've got nothing to lose from a long-term rental and for a tenant it's fantastic to have long-term security about where you live right terrific that's all very positive we're all very happy about that when we come back you've been talking to the building commissioner is he making a difference let's find out after this It's about six months since Building Commissioner David Chandler was given the powers to do all the things that he said he needed to do to clean up the building industry and restore confidence in apartments. Sue, has it worked? (laughs) We're still very early days, but I had a chat to David Chandler this week and he's feeling very optimistic. He's launched 46 audits, so he's going on to 46 different building sites and checking the buildings there to make sure... They don't have, you know, defects. They're not being badly built. The the engineering is up to scratch. They're being built to design. And he's been in, engaging the developers where there are issues and talking to them about how they can remediate those issues. And generally, he's finding that they're extremely willing to raise their standards. And for those developers who are not willing to, to engage or to, to be better citizens, really, um, he has um, issued stop work notices or Mm. prohibition orders to kind of force them back to the table to to fix up their buildings. So he's feeling pretty buoyant, I'd say. And he was was saying, you know, he's had some feedback too. I mean, he can't be the judge, obviously, of whether he's making that much of a difference. But he said he's had some feedback. The week he went into buildings and started looking at the thickness of their waterproof membranes, for instance, he got calls to say that nowhere in Sydney... Could you buy a gauge to measure this of the membrane anymore? Because all these developers and workers and contractors were scurrying off to make sure their own membranes fitted the criteria. Right. And he said the next week when he went on to a building site, he was really pleased to see thick membranes. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. And I talked to people in the industry as well, um, and this is a story in Domain, this in Morning Herald, about... Um, whether they feel he's making a difference. And many people in the industry feel he actually is. And that's from developers, from the Urban Task Force, and that's also consumers talking to the OCN, the Owners Corporation Network, about the impact that he's having. Because the the whole bathroom membrane, the waterproofing membrane thing, is the perennial problem in apartment blocks. Simply because, you know, they build the block, they put the slab down, They put the membrane in the bathroom and they immediately put tiles over the top of it. Mm. So it's very hard retrospectively to go back and fix it up. It can be incredibly expensive. 
and awful for the people who are living there who are having leaking bathrooms mm. kind of come you know from above coming yeah. down into their own apartments and stuff so yeah so well i've heard a story apocryphal it might be from a builder that there's a development in sydney where the building commissioner or somebody went in checked the membrane on one bathroom found it to be seriously wanting checked another one it was just as bad if not worse made them rip out all the bathrooms and re-waterproof them mm. at a cost of about a million dollars i imagine that was the building commissioner <laughs> yeah <laughs> it kind of it's one of these stories it doesn't really matter if it's true because if builders are talking about this then Absolutely. it's already having the effect it's heartwarming isn't it of yeah. course it's miserable that it happened in the first place but it's great that it's being fixed right wonderful looks good for the future it's good so david chandler is feeling positive and people are feeling more positive about apartment blocks mm. which is good for people buying apartment buildings mm. uh, buying apartments in new buildings and also great for the economy because the building industry adds so much to the economic stimulus of New South Wales and Victoria, and so it's important that it, it keeps going. Right. Now, we always try and finish these things with a fun note, and my piece of fun for the past week or so, and I suspect it may have been yours, there are two Zoom calls. <laughs> um, one of them was the council in... England, somewhere in England, and a woman um, who's, I think she's the administrator for the council, Jackie Weaver is her name, has become famous around the world for having her way of dealing with idiots, basically. Yes, people who couldn't kind of agree on uh, the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's on your, your flat chat website, isn't it? I'm going to put it on to go with this. And... So it will be attached to the show notes. And the other one, the one that I really love, is the lawyer. Presumably one of his kids had put a filter on his Zoom thing that made him look like a kitten. <laughs> so he's, uh, this guy is saying, I am not a cat. <laughs> While the judge is looking at him. Yeah, and, the judge is. But yeah. the funny thing is that the, the little cat looks as if it's talking. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't I'm going to get one of them. <laughs> for my next Zoom call. All right. So that's great. Thanks, Sue, for coming in and talking to us. Pleasure, Jimmy. And uh, thank you all for listening. And we'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Bye.